Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for complete healing, complete forgiveness, complete deliverance. We are no longer under a yoke of slavery. We are set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we praise that name above any other name. And it is in that name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, listen, there's just something heavy on my heart right now um, in a good way. I just feel the Lord has a word for somebody here. You keep, you keep going... You keep having Jesus moments, great moments in his presence, but when you walk out, it's a matter of days before you're right in the thick of it again, in the exact same thing, the exact same depression, the exact same fear, the exact same anxiety, the exact same whatever. And, and I just, the Lord wants to say to you today, you need deliverance, okay? It's one thing to get excited during a great worship song, and it's another thing to let Jesus deliver this out of your life. And so if everybody just bow your heads, and if, and if you are struggling with that kind of a cycle, just put your hands in the air and receive this as I pray for you. And so, Father, with every hand raised in the name of Jesus, we bind the enemy who would come to steal, kill, and destroy, who would come to bring down and bring up. Father, we just rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just ask in all of these situations, these strongholds that the enemy has placed in the life, we receive your full deliverance bought on the cross by Jesus Christ. We are no longer a slave to the stronghold of the enemy because his stronghold is a weak hold because of the blood of Jesus. And so in its place now, Father, we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit to strengthen our minds, to strengthen our hearts, who paves the way and make crooked paths straight. And so in Jesus' name, with every hand that's raised, you pour out your Spirit freely and gleefully because the Spirit is your gift to your church. And so we walk in that freedom and we no longer bow and, re and receive that stronghold in Jesus' name. Amen. Just had to do that, so I, that was a bonus. Listen, I want to jump right into it. Last week, we, we talked about um, this position. We, when you hear stories like, oh, and God multiplied the candies, <laughs> whose heart leaps with mine? Okay, maybe, what if it was bacon? Ooh! Maybe more of you would be on board with me. But I'm telling you, God is not a God who was of miracles or who will be of miracles. He is the God of miracles right now. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting transformed. People are getting set free, not just in the Philippines, but right here in Ferndale. And last week we talked about, then why is it we feel like this eh, all the time? It's because we've, we bought into the Uncle Rico syndrome. We bought into the, the lottery bingo system where God is either good back then or he will be good there, right? Back then, if I could just go back, I'd be state champion. We were so good back, back when, oh, back when this person did, the, oh, that was the best. Oh, God was good. And I'm constantly looking back. Or I'm always like, oh, when the Lord, when my big day comes, when that finally happens and my ship sails in, woo, God's going to be good. Oh, God, if you'd only give me the lottery numbers. 
Oh God, if only one day you'll pour your spirit. And he's like, I've been pouring my spirit out for 2,000 years. Embrace today. He hasn't stopped pouring his spirit out. He didn't stop in the 50s or 40s, and he's not going to do it again in the the, the 3,000s because he's doing it right now, and he's not going to stop until Jesus returns. So what's the deal? Why do I keep feeling this way? It's because today you're not grateful for what he's doing. You see, you see the, the, uh, the, the thing, you enter his courts how? With thanksgiving and with praise. You enter his courts. And so I, I, I'm not going to enter his courts by thinking, oh, one day, or back then. I enter his, wow, God, look what you did today. Oh, praise you, Jesus. And miracle signs and wonders flow, grow dramatically and dramatically. All those good matically things. That, that was what we chatted about last week, and we talked about... Uh, Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, right? When he took the candies and he prayed upon, no. 5,000, uh, and that was just the men. They, they were there, and they were, off, they were a ways away from anywhere they could get food. And he asked Philip, uh, or Philip says, we couldn't possibly have enough money to do all this. And, and he says, well, what should we do? And Andrew says, well, there's this kid here, and he's got three loaves and two fish, but we couldn't possibly feed everybody with that. And Jesus sees that, and he's like, yes. The miracle's here! You see, he was grateful for that. He saw the miracle. And it may, it may have looked small to the rest of us, but in faith, it's like, wow, it's here. He provided. And Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And when he'd done that, they passed it out. And 5,000 men and their families ate the bread and they ate fish and they had 12 baskets full left over when it was all set and done. That's the God we serve. Why don't we feel like that? Because we're not giving him thanks today for what he's doing. We get stuck with Uncle Rico looking back or looking forward. So I want to jump into that because it's not just a fondness of the past or a a, a longing for the future that can get us stuck losing out on today. I want to look at that again because also there's an F word, it's a four-letter word that will keep you trapped, and it's fear. I had to go quickly because everybody's looking at me like... You're going to rob my thankfulness, Pastor. <laughs> fear. Fear of the past. Fear of the future is just as damaging to the miraculous of today than, than it is to long and want both of those things. Fear literally grips me and demands my attention, doesn't it? When I'm afraid, all I can think about is that thing. I think about nothing else. I try and all I can think about is the boogeyman. Oh, no. We were, we were in Spokane over Thanksgiving, and we, uh, we, anybody ever ridden the sky buckets there, or go out over the river, and, and whatever, we, we went out on them, and, uh, and the gentleman who ushered us, it was nighttime, and the gentleman who ushered us in didn't instill a lot of confidence in us. Hey, you do this, and this is when, hey, okay, have a good ride. <laughs> and my initial thought was, should you be running the sky buckets? This seems like a high, uh, high-risk job. And, and so then, then the thing shut, and we're kind of looking at each other, giggling, and, and my brother says, I bet I could push this door open, boom, and it, it pops open. I'm like, no! <laughs> See, if this was run by Disney, I wouldn't be afraid, because I'm like, nothing bad happens there. <laughs> but this is Spokane. They're still working on power in the wheel. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love Spokane. Just U-dubs better, that's all. I love you, and I love Jesus. All right. So we're sitting there, and of course, my five-year-old daughter is, is quite scared. 
Now, there's beautiful things to look at. They light up the water at night, and there's Christmas lights and, and all sorts of things. But you know what all she could think about? Was, and, then, and then when the ride would stop, the thing would go like this. You're like, oh, this is, I wasn't scared, but my five-year-old was. But how many know that when, you're, uh, when, when something fearful happens, that it demands every part of your attention? If I'm afraid of something, I no longer have faith in anything else. I put all my faith in this fearful thing. You know, nothing happened. But in my fear, I thought I could die. Right? That's what fear does. It lies to you. Fear gives you an imaginary future devoid of Jesus. That's all fear is doing to you. It literally empties this moment of any faith. Now I want to talk quickly about this, and i got to go fast today. But here's what happened. We're going to pick up right in in, in John, uh, chapter uh, 6. We read this last week about the loaves and the fishes. I just told you the story. We dropped off right at the end in verse 13 where the 12 basketfuls were, were picked up. I want to read what happens after this. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 14, all right? It says this, When the people realized what a great miracle had happened, they exclaimed, Surely he is a prophet we have been expecting. They're talking about Jesus. Jesus saw what they were ready, uh, that they were ready to take him by force and make him their king, so he went higher into the mountains alone. It's like, eh, not, not now. Now here's the deal. The disciples. Now how many ask you this? How many people would raise their hand if, if we just experienced, I had two loaves and three fish, and we just fed 10,000 people, how many people would be like amped, their faith would be amped up, right? You'd be like, whoa, let's keep going, right? We'd be all about it. This is the position we're in. And these, the, 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 the crack squad, the elite 12, the, the disciples, now we get to read what happens to them that evening. This is the very same day. It's not like years have passed. Okay, here we go. That evening, verse 16, his disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But, the darkness, but dark, as darkness fell and Jesus hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed out across the lake towards Capernaum. But soon a gale swept down upon them. That's a wind, just so you know. And uh, as they rowed, and the sea grew very rough. They were three or four miles out when suddenly they saw Jesus walking toward the boat. They were terrified. Fools. And I'm just kidding. We wouldn't be. I mean, we'd be fine. But he called out to them and told them, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to let him in, and immediately the boat was where uh, they were going. Okay, we're going to stop there for a minute. Okay? But you have to understand this. Okay, yeah, I get it. You're in a rowboat, and the wind's going crazy, and you see somebody walking on water. That's a bit frightening, right? Right? First of all, you just seen Jesus do some miraculous things, Okay? And secondly, this is not their first rodeo in a boat in in this very same lake. Literally, they'd already been in this situation. This is their second storm on the same same sea. Before, Jesus was taking a nap in the boat. And they freaked out and they're like, we're going to die. We are going to die. Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. They talked like that because they were from the Galilee. They were country folk. Probably rooted for Washington State, so (laughs) totally kidding, (laughs) kind of. In that moment, so you had Washington State, uh, (laughs) 
Let's just pray and go home. I'm glad Sam's not here. All right. In that moment, Jesus was in the boat with them. And he, they woke him up. He says, he gets up. He says, peace be still. Lake goes, Lake goes back to normal. Oh, praise Jesus. Here they are. They just witnessed another major miracle. Now they're out on the boat, but what's different? This time they don't think Jesus is with them. And so what, what happens? They, they see, they see uh, the storm come up. We're going to die. And all of a sudden they, they see, it says in John, they see Jesus. But Matthew gives us a little bit more details. In fact, the first thing they yell out was, it's a g- 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 ghost. They didn't know it was Jesus initially. They thought it was a g- 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 ghost. Why? Because fear makes you irrational. Yeah. It does. Fear makes you think like your IQ drops dramatically in fear. All you're thinking about is, I mean, ghosts, really? And so they call this a ghost. And these are the men of God. Jesus says, don't be afraid. That's his first words. Don't be afraid. And when they let him into the boat, he doesn't calm the storm. He star treks them straight over to Capernaum. I love that. It says they were immediately, at, the boat was where they were going. See, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't like to do the same thing twice for you. He wants to bring you from level one to level 500. Okay? So if he gives you the spelling test in the first grade, he's giving you new words in the second grade. Better words, stronger words, more verbose words. All right? So here they are. And now Jesus isn't here. Oh, we're going to die. They failed the test again. Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. Think rationally for a minute. Let me in the boat. Okay, get in, get in. We also find out, this is, this is when Peter does his whole walk. He gets out and walks on the water. We're not going to talk about that today. This is, what, this is what fear is. If I'm afraid of the future, it's simply because I am imagining the future without Jesus in my boat. And so I'm telling you, 100% of the time, if you are panicked about a diagnosis, if you are scared about your provision for tomorrow, if you are worried about what's going to happen to your kids, if you are freaking out about, about what's going to happen next month, it's because you've imagined some place where Jesus isn't. And he's, he's promised never to leave you. And, and so that's all fear is. Because the truth is, if, if Jesus is standing with me in the sky bucket, woo, woo, I'd be like, this is great. Let's rock the sky bucket, Jesus. Right? Why am I afraid? Woo, have it? Is it because I'm afraid I'm going to die? And I'm afraid Jesus isn't there. But when we are, when we are willing to let Jesus in, to our future imagination. He will either calm the storm or he'll take you right where you need to be. I have to let him in there. I have to let him in my boat right now because I'm freaking out. Some of you, this is the prophetic word for you today. Now, this is all you get. Hey, I'm scared about this. Let Jesus in that boat. Because you're just imagining and making things up that could possibly happen because of this, and Jesus isn't in that imagination. That's what fear is, our imagined future minus God. And this, this is your freedom today. Jesus says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. 
Ask Jesus, okay, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? What's going to happen? And if all you can do is say, Jesus, I trust you in this, that's good. I'm not saying you have to feel it straight away. In fact, you've got to keep telling yourself, Jesus, I trust you with my health. Jesus, I trust you with my health. Jesus, I trust you with my health. Jesus, you are with me in my health. Jesus, you are for me in my health. Jesus, you've never left me in my health. Oh, Jesus, I love you in my health. If that's your issue, that's your confession. Because when you're scared about that, it's because you don't imagine Jesus is right there with you in the doctor's office. Same goes true for your finances, for your future, for any of that. Now you see, why is it we're so scared of the future? Because, and now this may, this may blow your mind, because we're afraid to die. That's really what it boils down to. We're afraid to die, right? Come on. Why am I afraid that this is going, woo? It's because I'm afraid it's going to snap off, go plummeting to the ground, and I will not live to see the, tell the tale. I'm afraid of death. That's, what, that's, that's really where my fear lies. Now, here's the deal. Before this test on the boat, Jesus gave them the prep notes. Right? He, gave, he gave them the instructions. In the previous chapter, in chapter 5 of John, Jesus says this to them, if you'll throw that up there. He says this. This is his teaching before the miracle of the loaves and fish and the, before, the, before the storm. He says this. I say emphatically, he's wanting, really wanting you to understand this, anyone who listens to my message and believes in God who sent me has eternal life and will never be damned for his sins. But, catch this, has already passed out of death into life. Okay? Now, we've gotten this wrong as Christians for years and years. We think that, oh, praise the Lord, and so-and-so went to be with Jesus. She was already with Jesus when she said yes to Jesus. We think eternal life begins the day I get hit by a car and die. No! Eternal life begins the very moment you say yes to Jesus. You're not just going to be like, whoa, you're going to die and then wake up. What happened? What was that all about? You're going to die and be like, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, Jesus. Let's go. It's going to be faith made sight. It's going to be amazing. Don't get me wrong. But your eternal life, your life abundantly, your life forevermore began the moment you said, Jesus, I need you. Forgive my sins. He took your death and your pain and your agony on the cross. It all went on him. And so when I come to Jesus, what was owed to me, all of that was owed to me. Death is owed to me. But when I say, Jesus, I need you, he takes that on himself. It was paid for. He was redeeming us. Your future is redeemed. Your present is redeemed. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes. You're redeemed. Everything that could possibly happen to you is already redeemed in Jesus' sight. Yeah, well, who, who knows what will happen tomorrow? Doesn't matter. You're redeemed. Tomorrow's already redeemed. Have fun. Relax. Enjoy the presence of God right now. Because if all I can do is be scared of the, the oh, the bucket's going to fall. I'll never go on the bucket. And Jesus is like, hey, take the bucket. This is a moment with your family. Take the bucket. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. I might die. You're, you're already dead. 
And so what? And so what? Listen, I used to be panicked of riding in airplanes. I really did. And, and I remember the first times you experienced, everybody had bad turbulence. We're going to die! We're going to die. Why? Because I imagine that I'm going to die. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's huge. But the truth is, I, I, don't, I don't have that anymore. When, when Sagai and I on the way to Ethiopia, where are you, Pastor Sagai? Our, our plane had some crazy turbulence. I literally slept through it. I mean, I felt it. I'm like, oh, and, 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 and initially, I'm like, I should be scared. I'm like, you know what? If I die, I die. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand what, it, what Paul meant. Like, I used to not get this. When he says, but for me, to live is Christ, and to die is great gain. I don't know which one's better for me, Paul said. Whether, whether to die and be with Christ, I know it's better for me to stay here and be with you because I can be of good use here. And I honestly, I know what that is. Because I'm like, you know what? If I die, I die. Now, tr- don't get me wrong. I got a very good looking vessel here that doesn't want to, I don't want to do away with it yet. It's got, it's got some more mileage on it, okay? I want to be there with my kids. I want to see my grand. You know, I, got, I want all of those things, but the truth is, it's got, if it's my time to go, and Jesus is like, okay, you've done your duties. Go home and sleep well. And he takes me, I go, I'm with Jesus. And it's not, like, it's not like I end in any way. To live is Christ. To die is gain. My future is redeemed. And so now I can say, oh, my present is redeemed. Everything is redeemed. Oh, Jesus is good. I have already passed from death to life. Then after the storm, he says it again in chapter 6, verse 47. Jesus reminds him, how earnestly I tell you, Anyone who believes in me already has eternal life. Church, if you've accepted Jesus, you've already inherited eternal life. Praise Jesus for that. So you want to experience abundance today? Stop being scared of the future. Don't let fear rob you, because that's what all, all, all the enemy's trying to do. Hey, plane's going to go down. He doesn't tell you if the plane goes down, Jesus is still there. He's still good. Oh, no. I've been diagnosed with this and this. Oh, it's going to be so bad. And all I'm imagining is a future without Jesus for the rest of my life. He's never going to leave you. Let him have that future. He's redeemed it. Now, quickly, I want to talk about God in the past. Because this one, I don't think is as common, but it's, it's a lot more detrimental to you. When you're afraid of the past. And when I say that, it's not like, oh no, the past. No, it's like, hey, this happened to me 20 years ago and I will not even look at it. I won't think about it. I won't, I won't even, I won't let you, if it comes up, I ignore it. I shove it down. I stamp it down. I'm never going to even talk about this because it hurt me or I hurt somebody. Even, do you realize that even those moments you chose to be an idiot in sin, Jesus redeemed that moment. He bought that moment. I chose to do that thing. Jesus on the cross redeemed that moment, which means he bought it back. I sold it. I sold it in prostitution. I did. Jesus bought it back. No, no, no. It's fully 100% redeemed. The curse of that moment was on Jesus Christ. That past has no effect over you. Your present can be 100% healthy, 100% free, emotionally and mentally and spiritually. You can be 100% whole. You do not have to let, but if I don't allow Jesus to stir it up and say, hey, I got more to show you in this, then you'll be sitting here, and what's what's, what's calling the shots now? That past. 
I refuse to do any, I don't, won't do this anymore. I can't, I can't talk to these kind of people. Why? Because it hurt me back then. I've just robbed my presence of something. I haven't told many people this, but when I was about 10 years old, over a Christmas break, we were at my cousin's house, and, and, uh, and somebody pulled me aside at night and accused me of doing something to my baby cousin. It was a lie. It was a false accusation. I, in fact, I didn't even understand what they were accusing me of doing. But it totally robbed the joy of that Christmas. I never told my parents. I, 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 and, and I'm a joyful person, so I was able to jam it down pretty good and walk, oh, hey, how happy life is good. Merry Christmas! But I'll tell you, for years and years, it was bossing me around. Because of that accusation that had no basis in reality, but it still damaged a 10-year-old boy's ego and his mental, and, and I tried to even fathom what on earth it is they were telling me I might have done. I, I stayed away from babies. I did. Even to this day, I'm like, hey, keep your kid. I'm going to dedicate this. No, I, listen. What happened? It's because this moment in my past, I was afraid of it. I felt damaged by it. And so what was happening is now I'm a slave to it in the present. Do you see how, that, how that's just Satan trying to destroy somebody who wants to do good things for Jesus? And so I've given that to Jesus. And, and even to this day, he'll bring it up. And I'll, this week, I was, in my, I was reading my Bible, and the Lord's like, hey, let's talk more about that. And I'm like, I don't want to, but you know what? Let's do it, because you want to grow me. You want to change me. And you want to give me, you want to, you want to, he's redeemed that moment. And now he's like, hey, let me hone you. I, there's more to it that I want to chop off. He's healed. He's restored. He's a good God. You've got to let him redeem that past. Because if you don't, you've given the enemy a foothold. And all he has to do, he knows all he has to do. Oh, I just got done with a great service. This is great. I walk out and all he has to do is say, hey, remember what happened when you were 10? Down into the mud. Why? Because he has a foothold. All he has to do is shove it down. But when I say, Jesus, I, you've even redeemed this, there's no foothold. It just goes, whoop. You become slickery. <laughs> Honestly, you're slickery. He can't, oh, look, hey, I used to be able to throw you down with just a mention of that. It's been redeemed. I'm no longer afraid of that past. And I'm telling you, now, when Jesus brings up something, and it has to be Jesus, because the enemy wants to bring it up. But even if the enemy brings it up, I go to Jesus like, hey, what do you want to do here? Because, folks, Jesus wasn't absent in that moment. Amen. You see, when I let that dictate my day, I'm telling Jesus, you weren't there. And so I have to say, Jesus, what is it that you want to chisel off me today? And he has redeemed every moment, every history moment, every future moment. And so now I can actually be a man who lives in the present full, fully alive. I can be a man of faith. I can be a man of hope. I can be a man after God's own heart because he has redeemed every part of me. And so let the redeem of the Lord say so. That's the God we serve. That's who he is. No amount of ignoring it will make it go away, but letting Jesus there 
and saying, you even redeem this. You're going to find hope. You're going to find freedom. And when it comes up raw, that's just Jesus saying, let's, let's, let's go from glory to glory. I got more to free you of. That's just a dead thing talking. Folks, when you accepted Jesus, you entered into eternal life. And in that moment, all of your past, every ounce of it was redeemed. All of your future, every ounce of it was redeemed. And now I am fully redeemed. I am the righteousness of God. I stand before a holy God with my arms raised. Not a shame, but I can stand fully alive because Jesus took all the shame, all the pain, all the death. I have entered into eternal life. No future thing is going to derail me. My past is under the blood. It's all there. That's Jesus. That's, that, that is how I enter into a full life in the Holy Spirit now. Because this is where he's operating. This is what he, where he's called you. And this is the day the Lord has made. Now, I, 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 want, I want to do two things here. One, I, I don't want to end today without giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus. Like, maybe you're here today, and honestly, you're like, in the sky bucket, you're like, if I did die, if it did, if it did fall and smash... I don't know what would, where I would be in that moment. Well, I can tell you, you can walk out of here 100% assured that you would be fully alive in the, in the presence of God in heaven. And all you have to do is call to Jesus. That's it. You don't have to not know. I'm not saying that, that when the plane turbulence happens, you're not, you're not, and it's not going to be scary. You know what? Jesus has redeemed you. So I want to give you that moment, that opportunity, and I'm going to, I'm going to let, let you uh, have that moment. And then I also want, I want to give everybody an opportunity. If, there's, if the Holy Spirit is kind of dredging something up, and he's like, listen, you haven't fully given this. You haven't let the Lord fully redeem it. You haven't let him show you all of his goodness in this memory. When I say amen, we're going to open up the altars. The rest of you will be dismissed. But if you just want to get down and, and kneel and spend some time in his presence, this is your moment. If you want somebody to pray for you, just stay standing and we'll come and pray for you. But, uh, but I don't, listen, if the Holy Spirit's wanting to deal with something, let him deal with it. Praise Jesus. He, it's because he wants to just show you how redeemed you are. So if you just bow your heads with me. And I just want to give you this opportunity. If you, if you came here today and you just, that whole, I don't know what would happen. I mean, today is the day you want to just say, I will let Jesus redeem my whole life. And I want to, I want to accept him into my heart so that I know where I would be if the sky bucket fell. If you just raise your hand with me. Yeah? Anyone? Anyone else? Praise the Lord. There's lots of hands. So if you'd all just, we're just going to just do a simple prayer because salvation, while it was not a simple uh, task, it is simple for us to receive. And so we just say, say, repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for redeeming me. I confess the name of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I give you all my past and all my future and I trust you with all of today you've forgiven my sins and I now enter into eternal life 
holy before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you have just been born again. Think about it. I didn't feel any goosey bumps. It doesn't matter. Jesus took the goosey bumps on himself. You just received it through the confession of your mouth, and you are redeemed. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We'll do it all together. You're going to just repeat and say so really loudly. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Listen, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.